0: Welcome to Nurses' Voices. This season, we're focusing on nurse-led solutions to the current nurse human resource crisis in Canada. Our guest for this episode is leading an initiative to support Indigenous nursing students through the nursing program and help them build pride in their future roles. Welcome Dawn. Dawn Gugu is the lead LUNA Nursing Initiative at Dalhousie University, Halifax, Nova Scotia. What we would find uh, interesting, and I know our listeners would also, to talk a little bit about the issue for Indigenous nursing students that this initiative was developed to respond to.
1: Our work started actually from a student reaching out. It actually brought back the struggles I had, but I had support and I was also older when I started my nursing. So I kind of knew how to navigate certain things. And I just started talking about having a place of comfort, having a place of safety, having a place to feel, feel good with who you are and in the program. So I met Dr. Ladmir. She's the chair of Indigenous health research. She Mentioned student struggles, and I mentioned my master's is the research of recruitment and retention of Indigenous nurses. So we started talking, and she's like, We need to do something now for the students to feel safe and supported. So we actually started by creating a safe space in the School of Nursing. So we call it Indigenous Student Engagement and Research Lounge. And I've actually put some Indigenous pieces in there like furniture and or medicines and the students started to come and they were very shy at first and or even coming with their friends non-indigenous friends and they'd be like you know can i come in i'm like of course i'm here to help and i want to share my culture as well so yes come on in and i could see the difference from those students we started this in September, supporting them in many different ways. And one of the first ones was scholarships. With the scholarships, they would get to the community involvement, which every scholarship asked. They never knew what to put. I had one student from my community. So I knew, I said, I know you go to your grandfather's on Sunday. Like, I know you all get together. I said, that's community involvement. Somebody passes away, we all get together, gather food and stuff. That's community involvement. I said, we just don't have names for those in our community. I said, we're all connected, you know, after sitting with somebody for a little bit, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, I am. I did do a lot, you know, and I said, yes, in our communities, we we have this connection. It's just that it's usually not recognized when you're trying to fill out a form (laughs) and uh, even emotional support, spiritual support. And that work was the hands-on work of what we do. But when we started that, it got bigger in the sense of there's a lot more problems that we need to address that we can't address just by one-on-one student. We need to go out and find out the problem. For example, the Casper test in Nova Scotia, all the three schools of nursing now require a Casper test as a part of the admission process. And a lot of Indigenous students were coming to me. They they didn't do so well or they felt like they didn't do so well. And I would, so I didn't write the CASPER when I went into nursing. And so I had to find out what it was. I didn't know what it was. And the CASPER is an ethical dilemma that you're giving and what you would do in that situation. So it's it's to give a judgment of your character, of how you present yourself or how you th- how you would deal with a situation. And when I reviewed it and looked at it, took the pre-test and stuff, I said, this is putting Indigenous people in situations they will never be in. And they don't know how to answer that question. They do not know. And the second part of it too is that a lot of times when we leave our community, we feel less than, you know, and it takes us a while to build that you know, confidence of who we are. And so when you, when you get asked these questions, they're put in settings where they would not feel the best. So we started talking about Casper and just inquiring about what was going on in Canada with Casper and found out not all schools required it. It was really more of a, there was too many applications coming in and it was to cut down. So in Saskatchewan, for example, I found out the work with they're, they're doing with Indigenous students there is that if the test score is too low, it's omitted completely. So that was one thing. So now we actually, we're connected to Casper, with part of our work. We've been talking to them and trying to make changes. And they've even given me a code for students to write for free with all three schools of nursing so that I can use that as a support when they're, entering because I've had students wanting to apply and they get to the fee stage and they don't have money. Like nobody has extra money to start, you know, application fee, CASPer fee and extra test fee and all those fees. They just kind of add up. I remember when uh, Dal was going to announce the 20 seats and, and I was so pumped like for two months because I knew who had I was waiting for the day and I was driving into DAL and I, I just wave of sadness. I just looked at my husband and I was like, this, this announcement's gonna come with so much racism. Oh, and I didn't think of that until that moment. These seats are designated for indigenous applicants that meet the requirement, which may be at a lower scale, like at the 75, as opposed to 1,500 applicants where people having a 98 average are getting in. That's who's getting in. And so that, to me, also said that seat is going to come with racism because they're here because of that. And that they need that support that's not there. They need extra support. You know that equality versus uh Equity, you know what I mean? Like you're coming in and you're already needing more support and it should be there, but it's not where we're at. Now with registry offices, I now get the list of the Indigenous students, which I can support as soon as I know the names. And this year it took me a while to get the list and I just got it last week. And I met one student already first year struggling And I was messaging her tonight, like how, okay, we're going to get a tutor. We're going to do this. And, you know, she was like, oh my God, like, I didn't know I can do all that stuff. And she was like, thank you for messaging me because she, nobody had even told her, even though it's the the information's out there. I always say this as an Indigenous student will not ask for help. You have to always like present yourself and let, students know you're there when they need it because most students don't come when they're in crisis. They're not gonna come when they're feeling great. There's a lot of external things too that need to be worked on with the provincial funding these seats and funding the support to go with these seats and having the schools being trauma-informed, not just staff, but also the students. Uh, One of the things when I was in school was the empathy. You know, everybody's talking about the indigenous people, this, that, this, that, and to me, that was like you're telling us and all of us in here how we're a burden to the to the health system, and you're not explaining why. You need to explain why if you want people to understand. That's where that needs to be taught. You can put that in everywhere. The little bits of education of the history and the history now is more talked about which is also another issue which is you're sitting in a classroom and you're hearing about your own history and the trauma and whatever and you become the reference for everybody they want to know i've had many people ask me and i i am surprised that people don't know that much about indigenous people like we've all been here together and it's like they don't understand or don't know You saw a problem
0: Mm -hmm. because a student reached out to you. And that's usually how we identify. Where there's one, there's more. And you had your own experience so you could identify. And then you said, well, we need to do something. And so this program has begun. And in a certain way, you've opened up a Pandora's box because you thought the problem was just support. Let's find them a safe space. Let's find them somebody to talk to, somebody that understands them, somebody like them, etc. Then you find out, oh, oh, it's more than that. They haven't got money. Oh, it's more than that. The admission process has some cultural bias associated with it. Are you seeing any tangible evidence in terms of how students are doing? Are you hoping, what's your hope that? retention where they'll finish the program, they'll finish it more quickly. What what are your goals in this?
1: I hope for nursing students, indigenous nursing students be successful and to also be proud of who they are. This original, there's about eight of them that had come to me when we started this work and they're all still there. Even in my mind, for this group to all still be in the program, that's to me success. The reason why it's so strong for me is that Nova Scotia is in the middle of developing its own health authority for the Mi'kmaq people, which is called yeah. Dojikimik. And I always tell people, it doesn't mean we're going to have our own hospitals and our own clinics and whatever. It just means that we have now control of our own health and it's in process. So with every health system or health authority or any a placement. Mary and Gail, well, no, it needs nurses. Nurses are the ones that run all that, right? So um, that was another thing. I was like, oh my God, they need nurses. Like they need Indigenous nurses. There's research out there that says people get better care when it's from their own culture. And I have proof of that. I worked in a hospital near my community and We've had people ready to walk out and I come down, I'm like, dad again, you know, which means what's, can, what's wrong? Can I help you? Like, daddy again. And right off the bat, it's just, they just succumb and we just continue on. And you could see the difference you, when you're caring for somebody of your own culture and even the environment. There's a bit of a struggle in the sense of my coworkers trying to understand the culture, not knowing we had a death. Happening in the hospital from my community, and you know Don, can you go down there and see who's staying and I'm like, they all are <laughs> like what do you mean It's like who's staying right like and after me being there for a while, they had more of an understanding of this culture that they've been nursing for the last forty years. There needs to be more indigenous nurses. there needs diversity. it w- would really alleviate a lot of the pressures and Indigenous patients really don't want to go into the health care because they don't feel comfortable and they just want to leave and they just. And so if they had somebody even explaining how the hospital works in that sense, because it's like an institute, even the education system is an institute. That's what I always say. Like people don't realize when we're leaving our communities, we're still going into an institute to become something. And that is still a part of what happened in the past. And we're coming into these institutes and we're facing that racism again. We feel it and we go back to where we're safe. So we need to make the safety out here to bring that to our, to all the Indigenous peoples. What lesson
0: would you like our listeners, viewers to take from this?
1: For educational institutes, I guess it would be. You know, you have to make the changes. Many institutes have, educational have an Indigenous center. And they think that everybody's, every Indigenous student's going to come there. And boom, they're all okay now. But the, these students that were coming in to me, they haven't even gone to the Indigenous Center at Dow. And it's across the street. Because both well, know if you're in the nursing program, you're in that building. You don't have time to go out and look for stuff, so you need to have somebody there, and you need to have an an indigenous staff, clinical prof, because that is what's going to draw more people to feel safe in that environment, and it's it's part of the key. One of our things, on my initiative, is like you have to see it to be it. So we. We need to be in these educational institutes and we need to be recognized for bringing both of those knowledges into the environment.
0: Your passion alone is inspirational and I think you're right. All of us like to feel safe and comfortable, whether we're students or patients, and we're made most comfortable. When it's people like us mm-hmm. who are helping us. So I understand that. And I understand also it's a way of teaching people like me what would make an Indigenous student or an Indigenous mm-hmm. patient more comfortable.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I'm probably going to mess this up, but I'm, since we asked you how uh, to say thank you in Mi'kmaq uh, language,
1: I'll say, well, Alin. Well, Alin. Well, Alin. Oh, close. Yeah. Oh, that's that's beautiful. It's oh, heartfelt beautiful. thanks. <laughs> you can watch any episode of Nurses' Voices from our first two seasons on a variety of platforms, including YouTube and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to our channels to ensure you don't miss any of our new episodes, or go to our website, nursesvoices.ca, to sign up for our free newsletter. Nurses' Voices is generously sponsored by Pfizer Canada. It is created by Donner Wheeler and produced by Sector Limited. It is supported by the Canadian Nurses Foundation and the Canadian Nurses Association.